Cheryl Ginnings, I'm so thrilled to be talking with you. You you have a book that has a name that's so dear to my heart, and it's called It Takes Courage to Be a Caregiver, and we've been out there helping caregivers be fearless caregivers um, for seemingly forever. So um, why why did you write the book? I felt so sorry for the children who are left behind that have not been cared for and also parents that when they get to the point where they forget their children or forget family members, I've actually heard children say, well, they're not my mother anymore because they don't remember me. And that's so wrong. And I just look at families who hold it together as courageous and they seldom see themselves as courageous. But when they do, they are offering hope to other people that if I can do it, you can do it too. And so I really wanted to convey the idea that people can do it and that by watching and learning from people who've gone before them, that they would truly be able to learn something that would help them work out whatever difficulty they are having in overcoming their crisis in their home. So it's it was very important. In fact, when people look at the cover of the book, they're going to see there's a picture of the Grand Canyon. And I chose that deliberately because I've been to the Grand Canyon and stood on that rim and looked and thought, I can't imagine that people have ever tried to climb this. But then I realized, you know, that's the way life is. God told us to take one day at a time because if we looked at our whole life, we would say, I can't do that. I can't do what you're doing. But instead, we just focus where we are and we don't look back where we've been, but we just focus and try to take one step at a time. But at the very top of that Grand Canyon was the sun coming out. And to me, that represents how God helps us to take those steps through life, one step at a time. So tell me, who in particular did you write this book for? Well, I have been on the radio for about a year and a half interviewing families and professionals who work with caregivers, I mean, they're caregiving either their child or they've learned how to deal with something with a certain group of people, like children with disabilities, if it's autism or cerebral palsy, or I've got good friends who have um, problems like MS and MD or ALS, and they struggle with caregiving for those particular issues. And I live in a military town where we see a lot of PTSD, so I've gone to get training to help people with that. And then I've lived the life of helping parents and family members with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I wanted to take something from each of these areas to give hope and courage to people that no matter what they're doing, caregivers have something in common. They're all trying to do the best they can, and their lives are not like somebody else's. So I wrote it for all kinds of families to start with, and I hope this is the first of several books. But I tried to include in there a lot of the interviews, some of the points that I learned from interviewing people that I just thought, my goodness, if everybody knew this, wouldn't that make it easier? <laughs> for well, instance, let's do that. Let's let's walk through the book. Tell, um, you know, tell me what I'm going to learn as a caregiver from reading, um, sitting down and reading the book. Okay. Well, the thing that I have noticed is that most caregivers struggle with some of the basic problems 
that are very similar. For instance, with the top 10 problems that families face that have children with disabilities, I said to myself, these are things that I struggled with even with caring for parents. But things like feeling alone at times, you don't, if you're dealing with a parent, uh, especially one like my mother, she didn't want you talking about anything that ever happened. But I see the older generation as being very much like that. They don't want you to talk about any problem that you have. We're, but the problem is, for me, watching that is that they don't get help. They're isolated, and they feel alone because they don't talk to somebody about having a hard day or needing help, or, or if somebody volunteers to help them, they'll say, no, I don't need it, when they really do. And so I feel like some of the issues are similar because we're caregiving another person. You don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, what am I going to do today? No, you wake up and think, okay, what does this other person need today? And I've read blogs and some articles by people who do not have care, they are not caregiving, and they don't have any understanding of what it's like to be a caregiver. For instance, they'll say, well, you know, to make a friend, you have to be a friend, which is true, but when I wake up and I've got a dinner appointment to go with you and just go have fun with the two of us, but my child's sick, what do I do? I take care of my child. And if it hurts your feelings, I'm sorry. But my first thought is what does my family need, not what do you need as a friend. As a friend, you should be able to, you know, help me with wherever I am in life. But those kind of comments made me realize that sometimes people just need to know, no, you're not alone. Well, so let's, let's walk through that in, in particular. Okay. What, what is it that your friends and family member or neighbors can do to help? Well, I know when my mom was taking care of my dad, some of the most precious people stepped up to do things I hadn't even thought about. Mothers, I mean, my father had a stroke after a surgery that went wrong, and this happens more than we probably want to realize. But she couldn't leave the house without taking him and it's the same thing I went through with having a son with cerebral palsy but there was there were a group of people friends of hers from church who would come every Sunday afternoon and they would have a time of worship just come and sing with them and visit and mother would always fix punch and cookies and she loved it she was a people person and yet she couldn't leave the house so that was tremendous and then there were people who would say, can I come and just sit with Warder, my dad? And they would just sit and talk, or they would read to him. And I thought, what a what a tremendous gift that is, the gift of time. You cannot put a price on. And for a person who is confined to home, no matter what age the person is you're caring for, mm-hmm. if you got to go grocery shopping without taking someone with you that you had to load and unload and go in and out of doors that maybe don't have automatic door openers, then to be able to do that, it's just, it's a priceless gift. And being able to go and just say, well, you know, I'll come and sit with your child or your parent or someone for an hour and let you just go sit in your bedroom or go take a bath without everybody needing to come in. What a gift that is. Gift of time is one of the most basic things. But then if you go to visit someone and they are overwhelmed with daily chores. And you walk in and you say, oh, call me if you need anything, but you've just stepped over loads of laundry, their dishes in the sink. 
don't do that to somebody. Just walk in and say, oh, I just came. I wanted to visit with you today, and let's do dishes while I'm doing this. Or just sit down and step help, start helping fold clothes. I've done that with friends. And it is just they'll say, oh, I hate for you to do that. No, you want to do that because it's you know that for something the of value. Giving the, given the time, it, it's, it, helps, it helps you feel like you're doing something to help. Absolutely. And when I was really sick one time, I remember two ladies came to my door. And this image has stayed with me all these years, but they came with toilet brushes over their shoulders. And they were just smiling, and they said, we came to clean your toilets. And I said, you what? (laughs) And they said, well, we know your husband ain't going to want to do it, and your kids are too small, so we came to clean your toilets. And they sang, and they cleaned the toilets, and they left. Now, I remember that all these years later, and it's probably been 30 or 35 years ago, but that was a gift I'll never forget. And then I had another friend that was an older lady, and she said, Cheryl, I'm going to come, and I'm going to change your sheets on Friday. And that's all she would do is she'd come and change my sheets. But what did she do while she was there? She talked to me, and she taught me things that I needed to know about self-care and about realizing, you know, things that, maybe I was unaware of about how to take better care of myself as a mother of a a special needs child. And we just don't always realize what we need, but if we're open to having friendships, people can really teach us things that are of tremendous value to us. You know, uh, one of the things you and I have talked about in the past is the um, siloing or not getting stuck in uh, disease and illness silos where the only thing you talk about and the only people you're around are people dealing with the issue you deal with and that once you drop those silos it's amazing what we caregivers can teach each other true absolutely true and that's something i think a lot of people are afraid to say you know like oh i've had a really hard day today what's wrong with saying you've had a hard day maybe people are difficult to take care of and your body gets tired and when your body gets tired your emotions are just on edge and it's okay to say I've had a bad day but you have to be careful so much of who you talk to because you don't want them to think well you know wow she is very negative and she doesn't like taking care of something don't read more into it than needs to be there allow people to have a bad day and encourage them to just feel good about who they are and how much they are serving someone else because they forget it. They're not hearing thank you very often from somebody who can't speak. You know, they're not hearing it from parents who maybe get grumpy because they have Alzheimer's and now you're their enemy. So boost up one another. Help encourage someone that you see that is caring for a person and is not getting enough feedback that what they're doing is of value. Hey, what what do you wish people understood about caregivers? Well, I wish they understood that life is a lot harder than they can ever imagine if they've not been in that situation. And I interviewed a man one time who opened my eyes a little bit. You know, we're always physically run down, it seems like, or we're financially poor, he opened my eyes. I have a son with cerebral palsy, and he said that when you are raising a child with cerebral palsy, from birth to death, you may spend 3 to $5 million. I had no idea that, 
you know, it would amount to that much. And I know it won't be for me, but yet when I have had all this help with the government helping me with things I can't do, it could be that much. But families that are not caregiving have more disposable money. And when they realize that you don't, maybe they could invite you to eat at their home instead of going out to eat, for instance. Just being aware that you're tired and that you need some friendship. You need somebody to get you out of that home at times. And maybe provide uh, someone else that would go in and and sit with that child or that parent because they know that's going to be an excuse you'll use if you didn't realize how much you need it. <laughs> and I know people think, oh, I wouldn't use that as an excuse, but I hear it sometimes. And we may be confined, and yet we don't really see that we want people helping us. And that's a problem that we have. What What do you suggest to caregivers when we isolate ourselves and we don't want to bother other people and we don't right. put on um, <laughs> the, the, the care team, the in, informal care team that we need? Well, I think if we could realize that we're not by ourselves or other people, one of the things that's been so helpful to me during this, we've spent nine weeks away from home, and tomorrow we are hoping our son is getting out of the hospital. And during this nine weeks away from home, I have had several people who are also caregivers who have been texting me and checking in on me and wanting to make sure that I'm taking care of myself are asking me, you know, how's it going? And when it's a bad day, letting me know they're praying for me. But I know people are with me, even though they're not physically there. And that has meant so much. And if we as caregivers could just say, thank you for praying for me, thank you for keeping my family in your your prayers and your thoughts, that means a lot to know that people really are. And they they feel helpless when they see that you're in a tough situation, but they don't know what they can do to help you. So if we help them know what we need, I think that's a, a, a thing that as caregivers we need to learn to accept help. And let me just say this, Gary. One, one time when I was really sick, had a surgery, my sister came to see me and she said, Cheryl, when you go home, and somebody says, what can I do to help you? Don't you dare say, oh, nothing, like you usually do. You would do anything for anybody else, but you're depriving people of a blessing when you don't let them do something to help you. And I have seen that over and over since then, how when I catch myself and I, you know, people say, well, what do you need? And I really tell them how God has blessed me so much with more than I ever dreamed of because I was able to at least say I'm really I'm really needy and I don't like being needy but I'm needy I'm needing some help at this time or you know it's something that we're afraid to share I think we don't want to look like we're not strong well you know in but caregiving I, I always like to say each other. I, I always like to say that getting is giving that you're giving a gift when you give somebody some bite-sized, easy, manageable task that they can do without going out of their way, but it's supportive of you. I I've always find people going, oh, good, because I wanted to do something, but I was afraid to step in. Or you've always said, you know, oh, I'm okay, don't worry about it, and push me away. And now that you've given me something to do, I feel better. Right. That's true. And yet we're, we've been very reluctant. 
one of the other things that you know I think would help all of us, even if you're not a caregiver, is don't look at another family and come up with a solution that if they just did this particular thing, everything's going to be smooth at that house. Right. You know, sometimes when we go visit people at the hospital or we know somebody's got gotten sick, they've got cancer, they've got this or they've got that, there are people who are always eager to come and share the latest thing that they've learned that would just turn everything right for them. And that's not true. And when you haven't lived in a home where you've had to take care of children who have seizures or that have problems with um, going to the bathroom or they have to be on medication that makes them seem more lethargic, don't start accusing them of over-medicating or failing to do something that they would be doing or like giving them a drink or taking care of their needs. Don't try to solve everybody else's problem. We're all different. Give me the most important piece of advice that you'd like to share with family caregivers. Learn to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you will not be able to take care of someone else. And there are a lot of caregivers who pass away before the person they're caring for. Don't be afraid to speak up and say, I'm sorry, I need some quiet time or I need some rest time. And if you have to hire somebody to come in to help you do it, but take care of yourself. I was not taught that when I was young, and my body broke down before I wanted to finish taking care of my son, and I've had to depend on other people helping me. Uh, But it never has meant that I've given up one ounce of my overseeing absolutely everything. 